Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome back to The Code, everybody. Dr. Andrew Fix here from Physio Room. On this episode today, we're going to be talking to my good friend, Tristan Mitchell. He and his wife, Haley, own and run a gym here in Denver called Lion's Den. Tristan is the lead coach here and opened this gym. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tristan. You guys opened Lion's Den three years ago, three and a half, four years ago? Four years in, four years in March, man. Four years in a month from now. So um, thank you for being on here and coming to the show, Tristan. I'm excited to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, um, to give you guys a little bit of a background, um, so Physio Room and Lion's Den have a great relationship. So we met a couple of years ago at a race in the community. Uh, Tristan met our owner, Chris. And for the past two years, we have been operating one of our offices here in Denver outside of, or excuse me, inside of, out of their gym uh, here in inside of Lion's Den. So we're excited to talk to Tristan. You'll probably hear him on other episodes, but we're excited to have him on here. Will you share with the listeners a little bit about, you know, your background and, you know, what got you into the fitness industry to begin with? Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So take it way back to kind of high school uh, years. I had uh, my sophomore year of high school. I got a job working at a local furniture company and needed to, I was doing manual labor and realized very quickly that I needed to get stronger. Uh, I was working obviously part-time and working with a bunch of adults, uh, dudes who were way stronger than I was and uh, realized that I needed to do something about it uh, to try to close the gap. So got how, into- How old did you say you were? I was 16. 16 so, years old. Um, there's so, and there's a million stories I can tell about that, but I won't, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, but it was, it was, it was great experience for me. And I worked there for years, but um, anyway, so I got into, uh, started lifting some weights. Uh, it's kind of my first like venture into, uh, any sort of formal exercise. Um, I was incredibly fortunate to have, um, a few guys at the local rec center that I was working out at that kind of took me under their wing. Um, and I think they saw a, you know, pretty lost and confused at that time I was 17 year old in there. Um, and they were about 10 years older than me and, uh, they were like, Hey, you, uh, you want to jump in with us? And I was like, yeah, I do. Cause you yeah, guys I do. look like you know what you're doing. Um, and these guys were awesome. So they, they were hugely influential on me, really helped me kind of, uh, get my feet underneath me in the gym. Um, and I started weightlifting with them, uh, strength training with them, uh, four days a week, did that for years. I was delivering furniture part-time. So I was building kind of strength through that. And I was just getting into, I just kind of started to realize that I enjoyed physical exertion, right? Mm -hmm. um, fast forward into high school. I'm, I'm, while I'm working out regularly and I'm reasonably strong, I, I'm not really happy with my body as a whole. Um, and I weighed about 50 pounds more than I weigh right now. So I was about almost 220 pounds at my heaviest. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to do something about that. So I started running on the treadmill prior to our strength session, strength workouts with the guys that I was working out with. I would do a 10 minute mile at on the treadmill for 15 minutes. Yep. And I did that for 
I don't know, a series of weeks or months. And I remember one day getting on the scale at the rec center and I was 198 pounds. This is like a, uh, you know, the old weighted scale. So I like, I legit was like, that can't be right. I stepped off the scale, made sure everything was like a tip scale. Yeah. 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 Made sure everything was, you know, made sure everything was lined up properly and, and got back on. I was 198. I was like, well, all right, there's something that's running. So I start running to the rec center that I'm working out at home from the rec center after my lifts and running starts to become more and more of an aspect of, of, of physical fitness that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I end up running a 10K sometime later. Um, and I remember temp- I, whatever this equates to, I just remember that I ran a 659 pace and I got 10th place in the race. And I remember being like, huh, this was fun. I like competed, <clears throat> I pushed myself. And that kind of led to a half marathon, which eventually led to a marathon and running kind of became, you know, the driving force of my kind of physical pursuits. Um, And that all kind of transpired between 18 and 20. So by this point, I'm down at at Metro State. I'm in college at this point, still working part time, um, running and lifting. And so I'm just living a pretty physical life. Yeah. uh, um, And I was, uh, I was a year into, after the first year that I was in school, I really was like, I originally went to school to be a history teacher. Um, I kind of had an unmotivated freshman year and I took a semester off. I worked full time, worked out a lot, realized, I always say like, if you were ever wondering about whether or not you should continue the pursuit of a college career, go work manual labor full full time (laughs) for a little while. Um, because I was, you know, I had done it for years at that point, part-time, but going from part-time to full-time is a whole different ballgame. Oh, and, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, the job that we have now, you being a trainer, myself being a physical therapist, there's some physical components to it, but yeah. you're not lifting oh, yeah. shit and moving awkwardly shaped objects totally. all day long, totally. carrying it up and down stairs and all this stuff. So yeah, that would, uh, that would take a toll. And I was like, and I was like, I was, you know, I was running. So I was running, I was training for marathons. I was still going to the gym. I mean, I was like all about this life. Right. But I mean, but I was also 20 years old or 19 or whatever at the time. So maybe that makes, you know, there's a little bit of a difference. A lot of youth on your side. Totally. Well, I know I want you to continue what, um, something that you said, what this kind of sounds like to me, and I still have a hard time, uh, picturing this in my head because I've never known you at 220 pounds. Yeah. And you guys, Tristan actually just finished a workout here in the gym and his biceps are popping out of his shirt a little bit. We had an upper body workout today. So it's, it's hard for me to even picture that, but you said, um, that you kind of, I don't know if latched onto a group of guys is the Mm -hmm. right term, but Mm -hmm. you saw some people who were doing something that you kind of wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yeah, let me, let me join up with these guys because they're doing something that. I want to get to that point. Yeah. I think they, they very much approached, like they were awesome because I think they saw me as a guy that was there consistently, but Mm -hmm. was probably pretty directionless directionless in their eyes. Yeah. And so they, they actually came to me and were like, Hey, you want to jump in with us? That's awesome. Which was super, super cool. So they kind of took me under their wing and I was with them. You know, I was really lifting with them from probably 17 to about 19. So about two years, by the time I really started getting into running, one of them had moved out of the state, another, um, another had kind of moved on from the rec center. So, so they were really there for about a year and a half in my life, two years where they were really um, instrumental. And it was really cool. I mean, I think having, I'm a huge proponent of like mentorship in 
all aspects of life. I didn't think yeah. about this at the time as mentorship, but it really was in a lot of ways mentorship. They not only did they teach me how to lift um, and really kind of show me the ropes, but they, you know, they we'd go out for dinner afterwards. We'd hang sure. out and we'd talk. We, you know, so they were they were great guys. And that was that was really, really uh, important for me and something I think can be super valuable to people. It sounds it sounds like and I know a term that you use often here in the gym is uh, it sounds like you kind of found a tribe mm-hmm. and I'm you'll probably touch on that a little bit later. But um, yeah, that is invaluable having like a group of people that you just connect with and vibe with. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you found them, they found you at the, the perfect time. Totally. Well, and I think I've, I, in, in a lot of ways, I think I have found that in various aspects of my life and only in recent years do I really think about it in the terms that I think about it now. But, you know, I had them early on and a couple guys from the high school that I was at, that I went to also um, that I would lift with as well. And then, and then when I started delivering furniture, there was very much a tribe there as well. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm a huge, you know, I think when you start doing stuff, when you start doing stuff that is physically demanding with other people, it creates, you know, a level of a, a bond, you know, a shared suffering creates a bond mm-hmm. that I think is hugely powerful. And I experienced that through my years of delivering furniture, um, you know, and, and then obviously going through school and, uh, and yeah, to kind of sum up the end of that story, I ended up, I ended up going back to school, kind of re-motivated after that semester off um, and um, got through school, realized that I wanted to get into the fitness space. Um, I ended up changing kind of last minute. Um, I went kind of a nutritional route um, and I was, I was in school for way longer than was necessary because <laughs> I was constantly changing my mind um, and ended up long story short, ended up graduating with a degree in history and a minor in nutrition, okay. which, which I remember at the time, my advisor was just like, this is a very bizarre combination. Totally. But I realized if I wanted to scrap the history route altogether and just go full <clears throat> nutrition, I was starting all over. Right. Mm-hmm. Which at that mm-hmm. point I was like 20, I don't know, three or four, I can't remember now, 23, I think. And was just like, I need to be done. You know, right. like, I can't, yeah. keep, I can't just keep staying here. So um, anyway, so then I get done with school. Um, the furniture company that I was working for goes out of business and I get a job over at a local athletic club. Um, and that kind of started my uh, path into this as a career. Yeah. Um, and uh, so then I started accumulating certifications necessary to become a personal trainer um, and, uh, got my foot in the door there, got started at the gym that I was working at a place called Greenwood athletic club. And, uh, and that was a fantastic place for me to begin, um, because I was able to meet some amazing people, Mm -hmm. um, and was able to build some clientele and learn a lot. Um, and probably about a year, maybe a little under, or no, not even actually right in the beginning of like me officially being able to, you know, to personal train or being a personal trainer, I had stumbled upon a podcast, Joe Rogan podcast with Kelly Starrett. Oh yeah. And, um, and that kind of blew my mind essentially. Um, and basically made me feel like I knew nothing, but highly motivated me to learn way more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I picked up his book, um, and just really, for me, I, I entirely changed and reworked my approach to exercise and fitness in, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. you know, prior to that point, I think I was more, um, there was, it was, it was more just work hard, 
the harder you work, the better kind of thing. There wasn't a ton of like thought process. There wasn't as much thought process around my training. Yeah. Definitely wasn't the thought process around movement, movement quality, et cetera. So that opened the doors for a million things for me that ended up really being the basis in so many ways that became the basis of, you know, of kind of who I am now, you know, and that was, I don't know, eight years ago now, nine years ago, almost. I yeah. Think, so somewhere around there. Yeah. And, and for those of you who uh, may not know who Kelly Starrett is in the book that Tristan is uh, referring to is titled Becoming a Supple Leopard. Um, there's been a couple editions of that book now, but um, an awesome read, tons of valuable information in there in a book that we reference uh, basically daily in this office with the way that we, uh, that the trainers here in the coaches in the gym motivate and coach their clients. And then to at physio room, the way that we work with our clients, uh, a lot of information comes out of that sort of manual um, in a way is what that book is. But so it sounds like that book was kind of like the, the motivating point um, to like feeling, fueling your desire to, you know, not just be average at, you know, you had some certifications to become a trainer, mm -hmm. but you wanted to continue to pursue becoming better every 100%. single day at your craft. Yeah. hundred percent. It motivated me to really think about this as I, I think, you know, I say this a lot. I think at some point every, I think there's a lot of trainers that get into this job as a pursuit of passion, which I think is fantastic. And I think it's a great way to start, right. Mm -hmm. it, it, especially in this job where you're working with people and, you know, really needing to be able to, you know, exhibit some energy throughout a day. Like you've got to have some passion around this, I think, to, yeah. to A, do it, um, you know, from a kind of mental, emotional standpoint, but also to ever make any money doing it, right? Um, so I think passion is a great place to start. But then I think every trainer is going to hit a fork in the road at some point where it's like, okay, is this like the way I'm going to make a living? Or is this like something I'm going to do you know, in my early twenties, right? On the side, yes, little, yeah. yeah. Or is this going to be like a, yeah, a side gig or a hobby or something like that? I think for me, I hit that for, you know, like when I, you know, kind of listened to that podcast, found that book, it really, for me was at a point where I was like, okay, am I, is this like my path? Is this my career? Um, and I had decided yes. And that for me was a lot of like, that book really kind of motivated me to think like, okay, from this point forward, I will continue tirelessly to try to hone the craft of, of, at the time it was like personal training and fitness. Now it's, you know, kind of expanded, you know, to kind of a lot of more kind of whole life. And, and it's really, um, you know, my, my interests have, have, have expanded over the years and the things that I, that I, uh, you know, spend my time you know, reading about and learning about have expanded, but, um, but that was really kind of that fork in the road where it was like, okay, am I going to hone this career as, as, is this the craft that I want to continue to work on for the rest of my life? And I think, uh, mm -hmm. the answer was a resounding yes. Yeah. And, and then, um, I had a great handful of years working at the athletic club that I was at. Um, and it's a fantastic place, but essentially I just didn't feel like the facility was allowing me to train the way that I wanted to train. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, the, you know, I, I, the opportunity presented itself to kind of pursue, um, my own space. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a big kind of scary decision. Okay. Uh, and at the time brought tons of stress. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but also tons of excitement and, uh, I went for it and, uh, now we're coming up on four years and Lions and certainly had a, you know, a, uh, a, 
up and down four years. I mean, we, uh, you know, obviously opening a gym, uh, is an endeavor in and of itself, but then, you know, obviously this gym and so many others and so many other businesses have been impacted by the pandemic. Right. It made, it made for some interesting times, but we're now coming yeah. up on four years. So that's, that's awesome. Well, and then, I mean, yeah, we don't have to go down that big rabbit hole, but you're totally right about the time that I got in rabbit hole. About the time that I got introduced to you is uh, you know about the time the pandemic was starting. I think I met you one week prior did, to yeah. when the pandemic started, yeah. when you were launching this new uh, this new location. Yes, um, and then up. you know pandemic starts, gym has to close. Um, but I want to touch on something. So you said. Um, and this, uh, this question has nothing to do with Greenwood Athletic Club and yeah. everything to do with your, your mindset and yeah. like your motivation. Um, but you said that part of the driving factor to ultimately opening up Lion's Den is you were starting to feel like you were not able to work with your clients the way that you wanted to, mm-hmm. or you believed that you should work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so without maybe going way in detail, what do you mean by that? Like, like what were you hoping to do that you weren't able to do that now you get the uh, opportunity to do every day? Yeah. I mean, I think um, mainly what I mean by that is that, you know, from my perspective, my goal is to serve the people that I work with to the best possible degree that I feel like I can serve them. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I need for me, and obviously you know this, but our space is very kind of movement focused Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I need, I need space and I need equipment um, that really allows for, for the kind of movement focused training that we, that we work on here. Um, And, you know, and, and, and that just wasn't available to the degree that I needed it to be there to Mm -hmm. do the kind of things that I I felt very much like I was in the way there. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, a little bit of a, um, you were the outlier. Yeah. Yes. A little bit of an outlier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just made for, it made for, um, you know, it just, it, it made for an environment that wasn't super conducive to being able to do the things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so, so like I said, once the opportunity presented itself, uh, it was, it was, I, I realized that it was going to be either do this now or you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. Well, and the reason, part of the reason I wanted you to kind of uh, expand on that just a little bit yeah. is because that's the same reason I'm in the position that I'm in. Yeah. I started to feel that same, same way about the situation that I was in. And that's why I made a slight career shift. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way about the particular position or job or whatever that they um, find themselves in is they're like, man, I know I need to change something. Mm-hmm. I just don't quite know how to do it. And uh, you know, what you did was you decided to take the opportunity and the risk to bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm going to regret this if I don't at least give this a shot. And if it falls on its face, well, at least I don't regret not trying. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think we get the opportunity every day to work with business owners who are doing the same thing, betting on themselves and making a living for their family or whatever in something that they were passionate about and they started to do. Um, so, so I just commend you for doing that because uh, I think a lot of people, for fear of failure, will not take that risk, and they'll just keep sticking it out yeah. and be unhappy in the situation that they're in. And um, uh, well, at least in this room, two out of two people have found success taking the taking the opportunity. So totally, and I and, and I think it, just to touch on one thing that we talked about earlier, I think for me, one thing that was in, it, it, so 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 valuable to doing this was that I had a group of mentors around me that really 
were were there for me to to help make this a possibility in a way that gave me the confidence to do it. Um, and and I, again, I think that's the power of having some mentors around you, people who are a little bit older, a little bit more successful and experienced, and and have done things that you haven't done. Um, and and learning from them was was massively beneficial. And then I also just had the dumb luck of of now who I'm married to, but I had the dumb luck of at the time dating somebody who, uh, was, has, has, you know, now she's become, you know, I always joke that she owns it and I work here kind of thing, but my <laughs> wife Haley is like an instrumental part to this gym operating. And honestly going into it, I didn't real, I didn't know what I was getting into. Like, that's, a, you know, like you don't know until you're there kind of thing. Um, and, and I don't think her or myself necessarily envisioned, the level of involvement that she has here. Um, but without her, this wouldn't be, this wouldn't be a thing. And, you know, and then I've had the fortune, you know, I've had the great fortune of having great people, you know, in here that have worked here over the years. Um, you know, some who are still here, others who were here for a period of time. Um, so, I mean, you know, I just think life is in so many ways about surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, yeah. and it opens the doors for opportunity to feel a little bit more comfortable taking some risk. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, anyway, so that's just my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it takes a village, right. To yeah. do anything. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do things on your own and, um, there typically will come a point where if you're just only trying to do things on your own, you know, you're going to hit a tipping point at some point where like, there's a thing that you want to do that you probably can't do by mm -hmm. yourself, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, and I, you know, I probably did a, a poor job, um, introducing the gym at the very beginning of this episode, but so you, four years ago, you decided to open a gym, mm -hmm. um, or you, you know, you made the decision prior to four years ago, but you opened the gym four years ago, lion's den mm -hmm. strength, mobility, and performance. And you started to touch on the, you know, the type of movement and the type of training that you do with people here is, you know, mobility and working through very functional activities and ranges of motion is very important to you guys. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you guys end up settling on the name Lions Den? And, um, you know, how would you describe the gym in terms of, you know, the type of training and programming that, that clients and customers will experience here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tackle the name first. So uh, there's kind of two pronged here. One <clears throat> is, through my early 20s, I was obsessed with the movie Troy. Have you ever seen the movie Troy? I have seen Troy. Yeah. So, so Achilles, Brad Pitt in that movie, when they are getting ready to launch their, they're getting him and his ship are getting ready to, to, uh, to invade the beach of, of Troy, right? And, and as he is getting the crew kind of amped up, he uh, he tells his 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 unit there that he you know that uh, he would rather fight alongside them than an army of thousands, and he says something to the effect of "Let no man forget how menacing we are, for we are lions." And as an early twenty-something-year-old seeing that movie, I, I mean, I'm an action movie nerd, and I'm a, I'm a nerd in a lot of things. But anyway, I just loved that line, and it used to fire me up so much. And so when I would work out, or when I'd be like deep in like long tempo workouts or something, I would just recite that, right? Like, let yeah. no man forget how medicine you are for you are a lion. And so I had kind of grown this like, you know, minor obsession with with lions in general. So mm -hmm. so that had always kind of been in my head. Um, and so I had always kind of had this idea that if I ever opened a gym, I would call it Lion's Den. And it was kind of the, the, the 
original thought process was from that movie mm-hmm. and my, and my, you know, my, my love of that scene, but yeah, um, that then needed to expand a little bit. So as we were working on the name, um, I wanted Lion to actually like stand for something. So, so it stands for le- the L is learn, the I is integrate, the O is optimize and the N is nurture. And so the idea there, right, is that we're going, the, the learn is to kind of, you know, for us, a, a lot of people that come in here need to like, they're coming in and we're going to ask them to really rethink the way that they train or, or think about, you know, quote unquote exercise, right. Um, or physical output. So we're, so, so there's a learn aspect there where we're going to kind of challenge them to, you're not just going to come in here and we're just going to throw you into some crazy workout. Right. So, so there's this learn, then there's this integrate standpoint or uh, aspect, which is how these things that you're learning start to apply to everyday life. Right. Right. Um, beyond just your hour that you're in here with us, but how does it apply to whatever sport or activity you may be training for Mm -hmm. the optimize, right. Is, is, is then working on optimizing whether again, whether the, the, uh, uh, whether the, the effort is more towards a specific sport, like IE for me running, right. Or, or maybe basketball, volleyball, or whatever, or skiing, optimizing it around the specific event that you're training for. And then nurture is kind of that long-term perspective, right? Of like nurturing this to be something that is the, your, your lifetime, right? So, so not just something that you, you know, abandon after you decide to, you know, no longer work here or you work out here or you move or whatever it might be. Right. So that was kind of how then lion kind of, you know, we, we, we kind of came up with the, with the meaning around that, um, and then strength, mobility, performance, we were actually, you know, like when we were getting ready to open, I was actually having, I was like, man, just like lines in makes sense. Should I change the name? Blah, blah, blah. At the time I had no idea too, that there was an adult, uh, <laughs> entertainment or, 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 <laughs> or uh, in the Midwest, apparently there's a big lion's den. It's like, uh, it's not a gym. Let yeah, me tell you not that. A gym, adult <laughs> entertainment store. So, so ironically at the time, and I obviously should have maybe done some more Googling, but I didn't. Um, so, you know, I was thinking about what could fit around it that would signal like lines in as a gym, right. Instead of just calling right. lines in gym. Um, and my mom was actually like, well, what are, what are you about? What is the gym about? Right. And I was like, well, strength and, you know, and so we came up with strength, mobility, performance. So Reliance Den SMP. Um, And so that's kind of where strength, mobility, performance came from. And then, I don't know, maybe like a month after we were open, I remember one of my clients was on a road trip and they sent me a picture of a billboard from the adult (laughs) entertainment lines in store. And I don't know where they were at, but I got a good laugh out of that. So I've definitely been, that's been brought up to me numerous times. (laughs) Somewhere somewhere in the middle of America, probably. Yes. If I had, if I had to guess. Well, I mean, and I think I was already here working inside the gym Mm -hmm. um, with physio room with you guys when I found out about what Lions stood for. Mm -hmm. And when I found out that L-I-O-N stood for learn, integrate, optimize, and nurture, I liked it even better because I already kind of liked the name and what I sort of thought before I learned about what the acronym stood for was like, well, yeah, I hear Tristan talk about like, he's not just trying to get people in here and, um, you know, have them come to the gym and have as many members as he can have and, you know, get them individually stronger and more mobile. You're trying to build a community Mm -hmm. with your gym Mm -hmm. and make sure that the people who come here feel like they're part of 
you know, like lions travel in a pride type mm-hmm. of type of yes. a thing, oh, like yeah, they're in sure. a pack. Yep. So that's what I thought yep. was like the meaning behind it, because that's a topic I heard you talk about. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it has actually it stands for something. And then I liked it even more. Yep. And I was like, wow, this that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And our newsletter is called The Pride. And that is, you know, very much the community mm-hmm. aspect is certainly something um, that we are, you know, obviously focused on and wanting really an environment that is um, <clears throat> welcoming to anybody at any age and any you know, kind of point of their physical, uh, uh, fitness journey. So, um, so yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely a huge part of what we, yeah. And you, and you see that here, um, in, inside the, the facility. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, I've seen people here that are probably six years old, mm-hmm. seven years old doing classes all the way up to probably 80 mm-hmm. something years old. I mean, so you see people here across an entire spectrum of life. And I know that's something you talk about a lot is, you know, maybe people are training for a particular activity, but we're, I know at physio room, we talk about, you know, we specialize in working with athletes. Mm -hmm. Well, to us, the definition athlete means anyone with a body who moves. Mm -hmm. Well, mostly everybody, Mm -hmm. you're an, you're an athlete at something. And, um, you know, you're talking about helping people function and train for a lifetime, not just for a part of their life. Mm -hmm. So, so speaking of the training here in the gym, because I know, that you wouldn't add just like any trainer or coach to your team. Um, cause you're trying to create a, um, you know, a community here of people who, who believe in what, what we're talking about, what you're talking about building. Um, so how would you describe the gym? Like if someone was looking for a place to train, what type of a facility is this? Is this, um, some people will ask me, is this a CrossFit gym or is this like an orange theory class or, how would you describe it being the one who yeah. came up with the idea? Yeah. I mean, I always, you know, I think it does when you walk in, it, it definitely, I think from a look standpoint has similarities to a CrossFit gym. And I think we certainly take a lot of inspiration from the, some of the things that are done in CrossFit, but it's not a CrossFit gym. Um, we do, we have a mix of personal training and kind of small group training um, that is our class membership. So um, our classes are, are capped and maintained at a relatively small number. So that the coaching stays at a high level. Personal training is a lot of what we do here as a whole. Um, and so there is a relatively limited class schedule um, in comparison to a lot of gyms that offer classes because we do a lot of personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to have the classes as a way to get people in here that you know, where personal training might be slightly, maybe too much of a financial barrier um, that they can still get in and, and work with our coaches and, and kind of get exposed to our approach mm-hmm. um, in a way that's, that's not quite the same financial commitment. So, yeah. um, so we offer both classes, personal training, and then we have some of the kind of youth programs that we offer as well, which are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they kind of center around certain age groups and, and sports and things like that. So, um, you know, there's, there's some variety there. Um, I think how I would describe it is that we are, you know, as I, I think I probably said a little bit already earlier, but just we're very movement focused, meaning that we're going to, there's going to be kind of a, a uh, learning curve to a certain degree around trying to improve movement quality. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean when somebody comes in, you know, we, somebody comes in, they're going to go through an assessment session. It doesn't mean that they can't take a class until they can do X thing. It just means that with that assessment session, we're going to point out things that we're going to want them to think about and work on. And their coach of the class is going to be pointing those things out to them as they're working through those things. Obviously, if they're working as a personal training client, then they're going to be working very closely on those things with their mm-hmm. with whoever their coach is. 
Um, and then we're going to challenge the, the quality of that movement function through various ways, you know, and that, that, that's part of building overall strength and overall fitness. Right. So, so I think kind of using movement as our kind of foundational piece of improving overall quality, making sure people are moving through the greatest ranges of motion available to them while trying to access further range of motion in a safe way, and then making sure that this is done in a pain-free manner Mm -hmm. and then create more strength and, you know, and then, and then it's the layering on of how do we, how do we train it? Right. So, um, so there's a lot of variety there. Um, but, uh, you know, our approach generally is to have some sort of major strength piece, um, that is going to be more kind of load based as far as the challenge. Um, and then we'll start knitting different movement pieces together, mm-hmm. which will bring in some more conditioning elements. And then we'll generally finish with a more kind of focused conditioning piece that's less technically demanding where people can just work super hard. Um, our goal is really to try to balance things where we're, um, you know, where we're really providing high quality training, um, but not necessarily trying to bog people down into you know, into not exercising, right? right? Like, or into overthinking. So, so it's a little bit of a fine line, but I think we do a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, and I've spent, um, fitness has always been a part of, part of my life, mostly in like team sport sort of settings, uh, from an early age with, you know, I played pretty much any activity that you can uh, think of, um, typically ones that involve the ball football being the major one, and then uh, track starting in middle school. But I've been into a lot of different gyms in, in my life, whether that be on campus at school or various places that I've lived. And I think one of the things that uh, meshes well with what you just said, and then our business at Physio Room is you essentially said you care more about quality versus quantity mm-hmm. um, and improving the quality of the movement of the people that come in the gym. And then one thing that um, was unique to me to see with your, not just your personal training clients, but also people who are coming in here and participating in classes Mm -hmm. is they don't participate in class until they've done a movement assessment. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen that happen at another gym that I've been to that offers classes is there's only always been just like a brief introduction prior to the class where they're like, you know, show up 10, 15 minutes beforehand. Tell me if you had any major injuries so that the coach knows, but what you guys do is you take them through an assessment and then the information that comes out of that assessment is relayed to the coach that's going to coach the class so that they know what that person's history has been and they can modify on the fly the workout if necessary based on what that assessment revealed. And um, I think that's one of like the biggest quality pieces that I notice here that's unique to this facility compared to any other one that I've ever seen. So, yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things our assessments, you know, a hundred percent, uh, complimentary. So it's, you know, free of charge when people come in, we want right. people just to get kind of exposed to, um, our thought process around movement, um, and then run them <laughs> through our assessment. And really the goal there, right. Is to just, you know, as you kind of said, just kind of point things out to them, right. um, that, that could potentially be problematic. Um, our movement assessment, all of our coaches are actually certified back to Kelly Starrett certified in, um, the ready state 101 certification. Every coach has, many or numerous have the 102 certification. So, you know, kind of the movement and mobility uh, specialist certification mm-hmm. um, that the Ready State offers. Um, and so, you know, again, we take a lot of what we've learned from that and then other sources as well, but that kind of builds our, um, that's kind of the backbone of our movement approach. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, you know, we, as you know, we, and this would be another rabbit hole. We don't probably necessarily need to dive <laughs> down, but we, do, we get, you know, we, we love getting people thinking about kind of their foot um, and getting people out of conventional footwear and shoes is a huge goal of ours. Um, that's probably maybe one of our kind of big community pieces is, is um, you know, I just think traditional shoes screw people up. So yeah. I'm trying to yeah, yeah. Trying to one person at a time, get them into something minimal and get their feet turned back on and realize that that plays a big role. And a lot of, you know, kind of musculoskeletal stuff that could be going happening upstream mm -hmm. that they don't ever think about, Oh, maybe my foot's playing a huge role in why my knee hurts or my hip hurts yeah. or my back hurts. Right. So it's like, you know, if we can start um, shining a light on some of those things, then that's what we like to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're both sitting here wearing, shoes by Vivo Barefoot. And uh, I remember you were the person that got me into those, those types of shoes, which was interesting because I first started to move towards this like barefoot, lack less support type of footwear back in 2015. And then quite frankly, for no other reason than looks and aesthetics, mm -hmm. I moved back away from that mm -hmm. to get into some other shoes that I thought looked really cool. Um, despite the fact that Huh, these aren't quite as comfortable on my feet, but they look cool. So I'm going to keep wearing them. Yep. Uh, but yeah, what I think is uh, we should have another episode where that is basically the topic. Oh, I would love it. And, and we could probably talk for an hour on that. But um, now you didn't necessarily know. I want to sort of future cast here mm -hmm. just a little bit. Um, and, you know, we kind of run this show without a without a very tight script because we just want to see where the conversation takes us. But what I want to ask you is. Lions Den started four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you've been in this space where you're occupying now for two years. So you basically spent two years in one space, two years in another space. Um, what does the future hold for Lions Den? Like, do you um, do you have an idea of where you want to see Lions Den go, or like what the vision is yes. of of the gym? What is that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think first and foremost, obviously, just the continued growth of our of our membership and clientele that come in here is obviously a goal. That's always going to be a goal for, I think, a gym facility. Um, we have a great team of coaches here. Um, a goal for me as the owner of the facility is to try to give them as much exposure as possible because I want them, you know, as busy as they want to be essentially. So that for me is super important, something that I think um, a lot about um, and we spend time working on. Um, and then I think as far as what the space is and what it offers, um, I think it's, it's a big goal of mine is an expansion of our classes. So that's one aspect and something that we want to look into, um, uh, this year really. Um, and then the other thing is getting more, uh, into, kind of whole life services. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, physio rooms here and we didn't really touch on this in the beginning, but or, or earlier in the conversation, but originally when I left Greenwood to open Lions Den, my original kind of vision was that it would, we would have a physical therapist that would be also a coach of Lions Den was my mm -hmm. original kind of thought process. So we would have physical therapy work hand in hand. And again, you know, we'll kind of spare the, the deep rabbit hole here, but the, you know, kind of my thought process was that these things worked hand in hand, right? Like, yeah. and, and, and I know you obviously agree with that. And we do work hand in hand with so many people in here, which is fantastic. But the original goal was Lions Den would have a physical therapy component um, kind of built into it. 
that never happened in our first space because we had a really small space and it just wasn't feasible. Um, we actually at one point had a physical therapist that came over with us that it didn't work out. And he's still an awesome guy and physical therapist somewhere else. Now. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then when, when I met Chris, the opportunity kind of presented itself with physio room and because we had such a great alignment on our thought process, and then obviously meeting you was, you know, just made it even more kind of cemented that even more for me. Right. Um, it just made total sense to just, instead of lines then trying to figure out its physical therapy component to kind of outsource that to physio room, a place that we believe in, um, a hundred percent. Um, and so that was kind of that initial expansion of what was the original idea, right. Sure. Of having a little bit more than just training and classes, but having that physical therapy component, physio room essentially serves as that in it within the facility now, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. And I think the goal then from here is to kind of expand some of our nutritional services would be first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've actually got somebody who, um, who is going to, who's been with us in limited capacity over the last year, year and a half. Um, but, uh, but we are really planning this year to uh, launch her in a much more kind of solidified way with the group um, and offer a, a more kind of structured service around um, nutritional therapy and getting people to uh, kind of rework or rethink the way that they approach their nutrition. Um, so that's a huge, that's kind of the next big thing for us. Um, and then, you know, we've got some other ideas, but I don't like to talk too much about them unless, uh, unless I'm a little bit closer to actually pulling them (laughs) off. So, so those are the ones that, uh, those are the, those are the ones that right now I know, um, are very much in the works and, uh, will happen in the, in the coming year for us. No. And that, and that's awesome. Um, so it sounds like there are, there are big things brewing, exciting things brewing, um, getting closer to launching a more solidified nutritional side, a component of things. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just awesome. I see nothing but, you know, continued success and big things coming because of the way that you built the foundation of the gym. Um, you know, we see the same people coming in and out of this place on a daily or weekly, weekly basis. So obviously the people that are coming here, believe in what you're doing, um, and want to support that. And, uh, and then they tell their friends and family and everything. So, um, I know you've probably got a client coming up. I've got a client coming up, but I want to make sure that the people who, uh, tuned in to listen to this know how that they can get a hold of you guys. Mm-hmm. If they want to find out more about Lions Den SMP, yep. um, from an online perspective, where can people reach you guys? Yeah. So lionsdensmp.com is our website. Um, and they can, you can get a hold of us through the website. Um, and then on social media, uh, Reliance and SMP on Instagram. Um, and we try to put out a lot of content on there. Um, we've got some fantastic help around that. Uh, and, uh, and so we've got, we've got good stuff going out on a daily basis there. Um, my personal page is not really worth following because it has nothing to do with fitness. So, so if, if you're interested in lines, then just, uh, just do, uh, just check us out on lines and SMP. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Tristan, for thank joining you. the show. Yep. Uh, anyone who just heard Tristan tell you the, the handles there, Lions and SMP, absolutely go follow these guys, jump on their website, subscribe to their newsletter. It is not going to spam your email inbox. It comes out once a month and it is nothing but value in that thing. You're going to find absolutely the entire email are things that will directly apply to your life. And, um, and yeah, they're putting out great content here. 
at Lions Den SMP. Again, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of The Code. Stay tuned for more and have a great day.